Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to On Texas Football. Uh, this edition is the state of the program. As usual, it's uh, Inside Texas publisher, Eric Nalene, joining me. Welcome, Eric. Hey, how's it going, Bobby? Good, man, good. Early in the week, instead of a Sunday today, after the, the big junior day on, sun, on Saturday and Sunday, uh, we followed up on that. Uh, for those of you unaware, uh, Inside Texas is a website uh, devoted uh, strictly to the University of Texas football and recruiting, as well as basketball and recruiting. Uh, you can get there, InsideTexas.com. Eric's the publisher of that. Uh, myself, uh, Jerry Hamilton, Justin Wells, Joe Cook, Paul Wadlington, uh, Ian Boyd, uh, and others. Uh, Hudson Standish are also on there on a daily basis, answering your questions on the message boards and delivering uh, info uh, straight to your uh, computer screen uh, when it happens. And uh, so we, we really hope that you get a chance to subscribe to Inside Texas if you're not already a subscriber. Um, Eric, let's go ahead and get started today on this state of the program. As usual, we try to hit the biggest topic of the week uh, and then other, other major topics uh, that are impacting the program. All right. So let's start with Latavius Brini um, announcing for Arkansas on Sunday after Texas thought they had a real chance to bring in the Georgia transfer. Yeah, well, Brini surprised me twice. First, I was surprised to hear that Texas didn't feel like they had much of a shot. And uh, it didn't even sound like they were going to pursue too hard initially when he announced uh, coming out uh, of Georgia a couple of days after the national championship. And then I was surprised when they got him in for a visit. So something changed in their calculus where they thought, OK, at least we have a shot. Might as well bring him in uh, and, um, and, and try to coax him away from, from Arkansas. But uh, Arkansas you know, defeated Texas again like they did uh, for Drew Smith uh, a few days prior, a week prior. Uh, and so now, now Texas is still searching for that defensive back that can help put that whole help, help tie that room together uh, like the dude's rug, uh, you know, and the big Lebowski when he, he got mad about his rug getting messed up. They need that DB that ties that room together because, you know, they, they're pretty set at cornerback, uh, but they need a safety or or, um, or they need a nickel. One of the two, you know, the, Anthony Cook can't play two positions at once. So so they're still going to be uh, searching for that, but there's still plenty of time to find a guy. And, and we're going to see another flood of, of entrance to the portal. Uh, after spring ball. So we'll see what they do. But yeah, Brini, Brini's a bit of a mess. Uh, they like his coverage skills at nickel, uh, you know, but we'll see, you know, somebody else will become available. There's always another guy. Yeah. The only negative now, right. Is that that guy most likely won't be available until after spring ball. So that means right. you're going to spend, you're gonna spend uh, the greater part of spring ball uh, training Anthony Cook at one position. Uh, whereas if you grab somebody after the portal, you may have to flip uh, cook back to his previous position, right? Yeah, because, you know, ideally they'd find a boundary safety like they tried with Devontae Reed, uh, and that didn't work out. So Cook is going to get a look at, at that boundary safety in the spring ball. The good thing about him is if you do find a boundary safety, Cook is going to know nickel backwards and forwards. So that won't be too big of an adjustment. It will be an adjustment for the new guy coming in after spring to, to learn the playbook. 
a lot of those guys are pretty experienced and they pick up the playbook a lot quicker. Uh, a lot of the coverages are pretty much similar to what they what they've been running. So that might not be a bigger issue if they if they get a, a you know a guy that's in his COVID year or fifth year or something like that. Uh, but we'll see, man. I, you know, I know that it always sucks losing a guy, but like I said, there's always somebody else. There's there's a lot of fish out there, and and there's going to become guys that become available that we don't even know about yet. Well, and I'll say this, you know, Breeny is not an early round draft pick even. Um, he's not expected to be a first, second, or third round pick. He may get picked someday, but guys like uh, Quinn Ewers and uh, ostensibly Isaiah Nayor have hopes of being picked you know, fairly early if they continue to perform, right? And so at what level is the transfer that you get in replaceable easily by another prospect? What I liked about Brini, and I know you did too, was his experience. Right. Um, he, he played for a good football team, uh, a, a good defensive coach. So he was going to bring some real game experience uh, to that. That being said, he's also used to a probably better pass rush as a safety than what he was sure. at a, yeah. out of a, a Texas team right now that, that really struggled in that, in that regard. Yeah. Texas has a lot of questions going into next year. And I feel like he would have helped answer some of that experience issue in the secondary. Um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that they're replacing both safeties, but it is a bad thing that they don't have better options or guys that are more seamlessly ready to play. So he would have helped answer part of that question, but not the full question. Uh, so now guys are going to get reps. Uh, you know, Jaron Thompson, it'll be a big spring for him. Uh, BJ Allen, one of your favorites in the class, it'll be a big spring for him. Uh, JD Coffey, who we probably haven't talked about enough uh, in his time at Texas. He's just kind of kept his head down and done work. You know, sometimes we forget about the guys at Redshirt, uh, but they still have high hopes on him. If, if they had to play tomorrow, JD Coffey would probably be your starting field safety. Interesting. Um, big hitter, I think, uh, for, for his size. I mean, I, I think yeah. he's one of those guys that plays bigger than his size. Um, let, let, I mentioned the, the portal, and, and we've been back and forth on this. You and I know that the portal keeps on giving. Like, to your point, it's going to keep – there. there'll be guys available in the spring, after spring, et cetera, that just keep filtering in. What do you think about the four guys in total that they brought in, the quality of them? Did they bring in enough? They still got O'Shawn Mathis. We've talked about this a lot, but – I really look at it, um, uh, I look at it, Eric, and I'm thinking to myself that Billingsley, Ewers, Watts, and Nayar are all draftable type guys, yeah. right? Is that, is that the difference maybe uh, for what Texas is looking at? Not, not that that's all they need. They just need some solid guys uh, as well, I think. But, but is that part of it in your opinion? Well, yeah, I think the I think the next twelve months are all about answering as many questions for what going into uh, the following year should be, have a lot more answers than what we're looking at right now. Um, Watts is going to be a multi-year starter. Uh, Quinn Ewers should be a multi-year starter. Billingsley would be a multi-year starter unless things go really well for him, and then he'll uh, he'll depart after this season. Uh, and, and Nair should be a multi-year starter unless things go really well for him this year and he departs. You know, he had. <laughs> Isaiah Nair, one of our subscribers brought it to our attention, had 12 touchdown receptions. Wyoming quarterbacks totaled 15 touchdown receptions. So out of the 15, he had 12 of them. Um, so we're looking at more upside in Nair than we probably even realize, especially, um, you know, maybe not, he might, might not load it up with catches, but he's going to be really efficient, big yards per catch, and, and probably a lot of touchdowns like he had last year. So I think, you know, they're answering questions. You know, they needed another starter at wide receiver. They got one. Um, they didn't necessarily have to have Ryan Watts, but he's too good to pass up. 
Uh, and I think he would have answered, you know, they could have gone in next year with Jameson and Jade Barron and Keaton Crawford and, and some of those other guys, uh, Terrence Brooks. Uh, but that, you know, that just adds to their wealth and allows them to move Barron to nickel, which might shore up nickel. It might work out that Barron's best position next year is that nickel rather than having him on the bench. So Watts has, has value there. But yeah, they've got four guys that are uh, starters, uh, or at least starter level, and four guys that I think are draftable, some of them uh, draftable very high. Yeah, the, the, the thing that I'm thinking, um, you know, as I, as I look at it really uh, with, with those guys, uh, Texas had specific needs and we talked about them ad nauseum. You mentioned it in today's scoop on Inside Texas as well. Uh, linebacker, you mentioned early, Drew Sanders went to Arkansas as an off-ball linebacker. Texas didn't even, wasn't even really necessarily pursuing him at that uh, because that wasn't his, his natural position. Uh, Lorenzo McCaskill, uh, you mentioned in the scoop, is visiting Texas in April. Uh, he's a uh, linebacker out of Louisiana Lafayette or University of Louisiana now uh, that's coming in in April. What, is, what do you know about him and, and where Texas stands in that situation? He would fall in under more of the Brini uh, thing. Like, you know, maybe he's got a shot at the NFL. Probably for certain he would get, you know, get a look at a camp, maybe undrafted free agent. But I think what we're looking at there is more like what Brini would bring his experience. Uh, you would have a solid starter, uh, but it's, it's also, you know, not, he'd have to compete as well. You know, um, especially with him coming in after the spring, you know, Jalen Ford might have a, have a spring that's, that's going to be very hard for somebody to come in and, and, and bounce him out of that spot. And then DeMarvin's going to start as long as he's healthy. You'd have to think so. Um, yeah. You want more depth and more experience there. They do think that they have plenty of bodies to work with and mold. We uh, posted the other day that Jet Bush is going to move back to his natural home. Uh, you would think Lorenzo McCaskill would probably beat him out, but um, there's still more upside in Bush than I think we realize once they get him back in the proper position. So um, ideally, they would have a frontline starter there. Somebody would emerge like on the on the level of O'Shawn Mathis or Ryan Watts. Uh, but you know, <laughs> beggars can't be choosers at this point. Uh, you're not you're beholden to what the the portal offers, and, and so I think it's wise that they go after McCaskill. It's not a certainty that they get him. Uh, he'll visit Missouri, I think, Tennessee, and some other quality programs are after him. USC as well. Uh, so we'll see. Um, he would, he, would, he would fall more into the Brini thing, more of an experienced guy who's likely to start but not guaranteed to start and certainly not a guy that you expect to be drafted in the early rounds. Before this podcast or videocast, you and I were talking. He's originally from uh, the state of Michigan, Detroit area, you said, and uh, went to JUCO. Uh, had 84 tackles last year, 40 solos, 44 assists. Uh, and uh, it's my understanding that uh, Texas clearly has tape on him because Texas played him uh, <laughs> last year. So the coaches would know what they're getting. Uh, one thing I want to go back to Nayor on, because this is another thing I think I want to bring to the fans. We were talking about comparisons for players via text, you and I. Mm -hmm. um, and I mentioned I had a comparison for Nayor in Byron Pringle, uh, the current Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver that was at, um, that was, uh, at uh, K-State and just really raw at that, at mm -hmm. that time yeah. in his career but just full of, uh, you know, quick twitch slash length and, and speed. Uh, I think that, uh, I think that Nayor is a guy that, that uh, Texas fans are, you know, I, I just feel like he's going to be a guy that helps, helps mix it up with worthy that gives Texas another deep threat. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes he doesn't always get the separation that you'd expect to see because um, you know, I, I I think he's probably a little faster uh, now than he was last season, even uh, watching those clips of him working with margin hooks. He definitely looks a little more fluid, but I see, I see similar to, to what you're seeing with Pringle uh, also a little to, to keep it with another K-State receiver, some Malik Knowles as well. 
Um, he's, he is kind of raw and run, and then he's just going to go up and get it, and it's not always pretty. Uh, but he comes down with the ball, and then he's off to the races and, and, and off, off and making a big play. Um, yeah, I think he's got a lot of upside. You know, he's probably going to see his share of single coverage, so he's going to have to keep winning those 50-50 balls to, to really uh, hit his stride at Texas. Billingsley, too. I mean, I, I think that that's, that's one of the things. You mentioned in your the scoop today, Eric, that you felt like Texas uh, at some level needed to shore up some weapons on offense with this portal, and you feel like they did that with Ewers, Billingsley, and Nayor. Yes, I do. Uh, you know, the plan was to go in and bolster offense because I think Steve Sarkeesian understands that he has uh, much more control of the game that way. Even, uh, you know, the value in the adding players is going to be, even though the, the deficiency that the fans are going to see is on defense, obviously with the defense performing more consistently poorly than the offense last year. But Sarkeesian is going to be able to better control the game uh, if he has a quarterback, if he has another receiver to complement, you know, not just worthy on, on the other side, but the running game as well. Uh, and so he's going to be able to control it better than if they got more, more defensive pieces. So they did try to allocate a lot of those uh, those needs to, to offense, even though the, the, the need might not be as glaring at, at tight end or, or, or you know, it is that wide receiver. They've, they've got plenty of guys coming back so that can work there as well. But definitely needed quarterback. And, you know, I, I, we'll see. Maybe I, I think they might be having second thoughts on maybe going back and getting an offensive lineman too uh, if one becomes available. I think they've got four four scholarships left. And uh, one of those is going to be O'Shawn Mathis. You know, they'll have to reserve one for him. And then uh, best player available. And you would hope that that would be an offensive lineman, maybe a guy that could play tackle. Gotcha. Um, Eric. Uh... Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You, the Texas started workouts last week uh, when they got back to school. You heard anything on, and, and I assume Nayor is now involved, as is Billingsley, the two latecomers. Ryan Watts and Quinn Ewers were there early. Um, have you heard anything of note yet in that regard on, on uh, preseason workouts or pre-camp workouts for this? Yeah, I mean, with a consistent theme that I've noticed over the years of doing this is that the, the early enrollee freshmen usually come into work. You know, they're not always ready to give it. Every, I mean, they're, they're trying to give it everything they can. They, you know, they don't always keep up like the college athletes do, but they give it their all. Those guys that come in are usually motivated. There's a reason they're graduating early and, and trying to get to campus as quickly as they can to, to earn some uh, depth chart time and playing time. Uh, so that, that's, a, that's a common theme that just keeps persisting. Every class comes in. Guys like Justice Finkley expect them to come in and work hard. Uh, and we did hear that. Now, there was a couple guys that probably learned, you know, college life. They're going to have to balance that a little bit better. Their first couple of days on college, in college, they might have had a little bit too much fun. First few days away from home. That's to be expected as well. Uh, and then, you know, guys like Ryan Watts came in and uh, it really – had everybody uh, commenting how business-like he is, and that's not surprising at all. You know, those guys that come in from a program like Ohio State uh, are going to come in with a certain maturity about them. They know what it takes to win. They know what's expected of them. They're already work, putting in hard work uh, in those demanding cultures, and so that wasn't surprising. Uh, you know, Quinn Ewers comes in from the, that same that same uh, situation. He was, uh, you know, he showed up and is pretty quiet, I would say. Uh, but you know, he's not going to come in and just start barking orders. You know, that's that's the quickest way to to brush people uh, to to rub people the wrong way. Uh, so we'll see. He'll probably become a little more vocal once actual fo football workouts begin. 
But yeah, I mean, overall, you, you, you heard what you expect to hear. There's a couple guys I'm going to check on actually later today to make sure that they're still with the team uh, just to do some final diligence on that. But it looks like they're going to have a lot of guys in camp. Uh, everywhere is pretty stacked with bodies except for maybe offensive line where it's uh, that's where depth is going to hurt a little bit. Yeah, that's why they signed such a large class. There just wasn't the numbers, and they had some attrition there too. Um, definitely, uh, folks, that's a reminder. Make sure you check Inside Texas. Uh, uh, later today or tomorrow to see if anything comes true of what Eric's talking about that, that he's kind of tracking uh, at this point. Um, Eric, uh, obviously recruiting plays a role in this. We've talked a little bit of that, about that with, with the portal recruiting. Texas over the weekend had its first junior day of the 2023 cycle uh, for the kids that will graduate high school in 2023. Um, of the kids they had in, 13 had already been offered scholarships for the class of 2023. Um, they added eight more new offers for the class of 2023. Did any, uh, and I'll, run, I'll just say the names real quick, running back Cameron Cook at Stony Point, wide receiver Kyle Parker from Lovejoy, Ian Reed from Austin Vandegrift was an offensive lineman, defensive ends, edge guys, Braylon Shelby from Friendswood, Colton Vosick from Westlake, defensive lineman Ansel Nador from Round Rock, Jaron Woods from LaGrange, and then safety Tyler Turner, who's committed to Baylor out of San Antonio Brennan. Did any of those new offers surprise you? Did they offer more than you thought they would? What were your general thoughts on that? Yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, the Nador, Ansel Nador uh, offer surprised me. That was that was uh, unexpected. Uh, you know, some of those guys I, we did expect, Colton Vosick, uh, you know, Kyle Parker, uh, Braylon Shelby, you know, those guys have tape where you're like, yeah, those guys can play at Texas. They should have offers. Uh, Cook was, wasn't too surprising because they went by there last week uh, and, and Texas had been by there a few times previously when they were allowed. So that wasn't surprising. Nador was, uh, Tyler Turner was uh, only because I hadn't watched his tape. I watched the tape and I'm like, well, yeah, that guy could play at Texas without a doubt. Um, and so that was, that was a little surprising just because I wasn't as familiar with him as some others, but I like the stance that they took, you know, um, Early in the cycle, you you hit, you go for all the blue chips. The obvious no-doubters, the, the ones that our wives can watch tape and go, yeah, that guy's exceptional. He should have an offer. <laughs> and you usually do that with uh, national prospects and, and, and a handful of in-state guys, maybe 25 guys in-state, maybe not even that much. And so maybe you have like 50 offers out there that are, are guys that you for sure But you have to cast a wider net. Um, and so this was kind of that second wave of, of offers that went out to the in-state guys that they liked. And I think it showed a lot of awareness on Sarkeesian in the past, we'd seen a lot of arrogance, and I'd heard, heard about uh, that a lot from high school coaches, like, you know, Texas just, you know, won seven games. Why don't you offer more people? Who are you? You're not the Texas of old. You know, when you go five and seven, you have to cast a wider net. doesn't mean you're going to sign all these guys. You're still going to hold out and hope for the blue chips and hope that you, you, uh, you, you catch uh, lightning in a bottle like you did in the last class and, and finish with a top four or five class despite going five and seven. But you can't go into the cycle uh, arrogant. You know, the 2022 class has very little bearing on the 2023 class. So they're starting anew. Uh, and they're start, kind of starting from scratch. Uh, and so I like the idea that they cast the water net, go evaluate these guys more in per person uh, throughout the spring, build relationships with them. Uh, and, and sooner enough, it, it funnels into to taking shape of class and the real targets. Not all those guys are going to be recruited all the way through, uh, but some of them might explode on the scene and then and they'll be happy that they put out an early offer. So to me, it showed good awareness of Sark. Uh, this time last year, he was trying to hit it big with a bunch of California guys that he wasn't going to have much of a chance for. Uh, this I think we saw a course correction on Saturday that he has a better idea of what's going on in state. Yeah, I do. I, I, I think that's a great way to put it. He just, you feel like he's got some self-awareness 
about the, the the situation at hand. Whereas yesterday or last year, he came in just he, he was he didn't know because he hadn't been in Austin for right. more than a week right. <laughs> you know, or two weeks. Self awareness on his part, and then that you know they've got a, they've definitely been doing a bunch of evaluating behind the scenes. You know, so. Yeah, they they really yeah. have. It's clear. I, I, like I I looked at Nador's tape, the young man from Round Rock quick interior guy i mean really plus quickness jaron woods at lagrange yeah you know it could be an offensive or defensive lineman uh clearly uh, i mean his best football is ahead of him uh lots of talent there ian reed they saw him in person at the westlake game and liked him a lot as they were watching uh uh, not only vosick and burke uh but robertson and shanahan and great house and all of those guys. Uh, right. So, uh, you know, it's interesting to me um, that they're going uh, full on uh, some of these guys. And uh, I, I like it because I think that if you find guys you like, you know, you, 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 you don't, there's no reason there's a good, it's good to be patient, but there's something about being too patient. Right. right? Um, yeah. there, there are really only five to 10 guys in a recruiting class that you say, okay, these guys are big time difference makers, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. There, there's not 25. And so right. to act like there is, um, is wrong. Um, going down the list, I want to go by position real quick for you, Eric, and, and everybody in case you didn't hear it. Here are the offers that Texas had out to the 13 kids that came in also for junior day. Okay. These are, these are by position going from offense to defense. Um, there were no quarterbacks or running backs that had already been offered that came in. Uh, the only ti- uh, the only tight end was Lafayette Kway out of Arlington. Uh, he he apparently looked terrific according to Justin Wells. I thought we talked to him yesterday. Receivers: Jaden Greathouse out of Austin Le- Westlake was in. Ashton Cozart out of Flower Mound Marcus uh, was also in. You go to the offensive line: Jaden Chapman, who I know uh, you guys really I, everybody on the uh, Inside Texas staff really likes out of uh, Harker Heights and the Colleen. Uh, area was also in Connor Stroh, big, I mean, the whole term big human was perhaps created because of him out yeah. of Frisco Wake, out of Frisco Wakeland. Uh, those were the offensive line. Uh, oh, excuse me, almost forgot one of the biggest ones Isaiah Robinson out of Arlington. Uh, yeah, yeah. Out of Arlington. He was in this week as well. Those are the offensive players. I'll go over the defensive guys. Are you surprised Texas didn't get a commitment out of those guys or? Is that kind of what you thought would happen, uh, just bringing them in to, to no pressure? It seems like Sarkeesian's not really much for putting kids in the hot box, you know? No, I, I think I think as long as you have a good idea of where that where the kid's standing, he's not going to surprise you and commit to somebody else. It, it's okay for to buy time. You know, um, they're going to take – let's say they take four offensive linemen in this class, and they do like Connor Strode. Don't get me wrong. If that kid wanted to commit yesterday, they would have been all about it. But they're still getting their sea legs too on the national kids and and, and getting an idea of what their ideal class would look like. Um, you know, Jaden Greathouse, he's a priority. They're going to push for that kid. But I think they like where they stand with him. Let him go take visits and, and see how it shakes out. Um, you know, back to, it's kind of back to your point where there's only so many difference makers in a, in a class. A lot of them on tape or on, on you know are fungible until you get deep into the evaluation, and then you find then you might find the guys that are are way more. Uh, way more necessary to have than, than you realize. But for the most part, a lot of these guys, I'm not, and I don't mean to demean them. They're way better than I ever was. Uh, but 
a lot of those guys are what we're talking about in the portal is they are replaceable. You know, it's, you know, there's always going to be another one, you know, um, but I, I don't think they're really pushing too hard for commitments right now. I, you know, I think, um, I think they really like where they are with, you know, Lafayette, of course, Connor Stroh, they're in great shape, great house. They're in great shape. So they're in good shape with a lot of those guys and they just don't feel like getting that, that momentum yet uh, going. I, you know, I tend to think that I would probably take, try to get a couple off their timeline and, and get them in the class and, and pushing uh, Ashton Porter would be another one that you're probably about to mention on defense. Um, but they're very patient and, you know, patience paid off for them last cycle. I don't think you can always count on things breaking their way like it did last time, but, but it's still very early in the cycle. Uh, and, and I understand that they're being a little more selective. Look at, look at offensive line. They've got the pancake factory behind them. That's wind in their sails that, you know, they can always use that in emergency as a selling point. And so they can, after that class that they just had, they can be selective at a few of these positions. Um, yeah. You know, uh, defensive line is another one where they can be selective and they're already in great shape with a few of those guys. Yeah, let's go to the defensive guys. Um, defensive lineman Ashton Porter out of Cy Ranch. You mentioned that one. Uh, Marcus Deal, uh, his dad's a uh, coach at Naaman Forest, a defensive lineman, also could be an offensive lineman. Uh, I know Jerry Hamilton's extraordinarily high on him. Uh, then also, uh, uh, Young man out of Hebron, Carson Dean, plays linebacker, could be kind of an edge guy, potentially a buck or, 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 or what have you. Um, and then at, at, uh, in the secondary, a couple of out-of-state kids to mention on top of some in-state guys. The out-of-state guys, Jordan Matthews out of uh, Baton Rouge Woodlawn, and then Makari Vickers out of Tallahassee, Pope John Paul II. Uh, he uh, apparently is a big fan of Tashard Choice, according to Justin Wells which is interesting, so we'll keep his name. Anthony White out of Abernathy, Javion Tobiano uh, out of Arlington Lamartin that I know is one of the top players on anybody's board, uh, mm -hmm. really, and especially at Texas, another cornerback. Uh, so th those are the guys really on defense too that had already been offered. Uh, yet again, no commitment from Porter. We thought he might even be ready to go as soon as last year at one point. Is he just taking more time? Or is it one of those situations where Texas is literally not gonna not gonna put people in a hot box that they don't have to at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think that if they, I'm not I'm not saying the kid is a silent or committed or anything, but I feel like I feel like they already feel like he's in the class to some extent, you know. And it's just a matter of time, you know. He's it's not just that he's high on them; they are extraordinary extraordinarily high on on him. You know, he's not. Don't look at the network ratings. You know, we we like them. We don't we don't love them as much as they do. I, I've compared him to Justice Finkley in the past, as he was way high on the on the on the staff's board, but maybe not so high on the network board. Uh, well, Ashton Porter's way up there, and so they're going to stay on him. And I, I just feel like they feel comfortable enough with with where that is that they don't really feel the need to push for him. Um, and so yeah, they feel good. The big one that they got in was Toviano. Uh, you know. Texas was the, the the huge favorite for a while, and and they they lost uh, they lost a step to Oklahoma, and I think some national programs are starting to get a harder look from him. So it was good to get him back on campus. Uh, you know, he's the top corner on the board, and then Jordan Matthews, they love him out of Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge is going to be tough. It's always going to be a tough place to pull kids, but if there's ever a time to do it, it's now. Um, there's a lot of feeling in that state that 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 Brian Kelly didn't put together the greatest staff of all time, and. And especially in the secondary, they might have some issues. And, and Texas is, is in a good position to recruit that area well with, with Terry Joseph, Bo Davis, and, and uh, on staff, and then Corday Hankton uh, behind the scenes. So we'll see. Jordan Matthews is a big priority for him. Gotcha. All right. I think uh, they also offered uh, eight 2024s, 20, one 2025, 20, a wide receiver from Duncanville. Uh, that's a, a recap pretty much on, on junior day. Uh, 
before we finish out this state of the program, Eric, uh, do you have anything you want to add uh, that you're looking forward to this week, other than you're going to be tracking down some guys to see if they're still with the program? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're probably still with the program. I want to see if they're actually doing workouts and going through it or if they're in a little bit of doghouse. Uh, you know, we'll see. I think some guys are on the hot seat. Uh, they, that uh, Two of them from over uh, from, from last year. I want to see how they, what, the, what their standing is currently. Uh, Jerry and I are writing a piece on the 2023 landscape that I think a lot of people are going to like tomorrow. Uh, you know, it'll go into a little bit about what I was saying is how they're starting anew. There's not much carryover between success in 2022 and the portal. Uh, the 2023 class just saw them lose to Kansas. And so they have to overcome that. Um, and so we're going to talk about, you know, UT, OU had, had some big changes. LSU had big changes. And of course, AM and uh, is recruiting at a high level. So we're going to talk about expectations, what expectations should be for the class and, and uh, what a good class would look like for Texas, uh, given all the, uh, the, given the overall circumstances in the cycle. Gotcha. All right. That's Eric Nalene, publisher of Inside Texas, joining us for this week's State of the Program. Please consider a subscription to InsideTexas.com. Uh, you'll find uh, Eric, myself, and others on there each day and every day. Also, if you enjoyed this video cast or podcast, please hit the subscribe button and like button. That does us a big favor uh, as we try to build out our uh, video and audio offerings. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been On Texas. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.